Welcome to The Deeper You Go, The Weirder It Gets. I'm your host, Get Rennan. So this episode is about one of the greatest stories I've ever heard, the story of the Mexican fisherman. This simple short story teaches us the value of living in the moment. It also shows us that the life of our dreams may actually be right under our nose. We just have to take a step back, discover what it is that we truly want, what is truly important, and then redefine our definition of success. It's really that simple. Although, as you know by now, simple doesn't necessarily mean easy. But before we get into it, as always, I encourage you to reach out with any questions you may have about my journey or anything I have discussed. And if you would like to support the show and support my year-long journey, one of the easiest ways is to get you some podcast gear. I have stickers, hats, mugs, t-shirts, and hoodies. The link for the gear is in the show notes. Another great way to support is um, I have fermented herbal tonics and pine pollen tinctures available. Please email me for more details. And the pine pollen tinctures are the real deal. And they've been flying off the shelf and for good reason. This is because testosterone in both men and women is at an all-time low thanks to pesticides, microplastics, tap water, a sedentary lifestyle, and even wacky modern ideology. And the result of all that is that most people are overweight, unfocused, depressed, have minimal muscle mass, and almost zero sex drive. Not to mention, the low testosterone is a major factor in why the masculine and feminine energies in our society are so out of whack and lacking harmony. So if you want to save yourself, save your relationship, and possibly even save the world, get you some pine pollen. My pine pollen is made with the best ingredients possible. Raw, uncracked pine pollen harvested in the pristine Canadian wilderness and organic cane alcohol. It doesn't get any cleaner than that. So again, if you're interested, please send me a message. Also, I wrote a book. I wrote it eight years ago. It's called The Self-Sabotage Guide, Nine Behaviors Preventing You from Becoming Stronger, Faster, and Sexier. It's 20 pages. It's an ebook. It's $4.95. Get it. Check it out. Support me. Last, at the, and at the very not least, if you enjoy this podcast, please like it, share it, subscribe it, and leave a review. Specifically, if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, which I know most of you are. It's a very simple gesture. It'll take you five minutes, and it really helps me out. All right, so let's get into this. So I first discovered the Mexican fisherman story while reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. The subtitle of the book is Escape the 9 to 5, Live Anywhere and Join the New Rich. Now I might add that if you've never read The 4-Hour Workweek, I suggest you do as, as it is one of the best books I have ever read about lifestyle design. Now, if you decide to read it, keep in mind that the book was written in 2007, so some of the aspects are a little outdated, but the general concepts and overall philosophy still hold up, especially the parts about relative income and enjoying your life now. See, in today's society, we have been convinced that in order to have a successful life, we must work extremely hard during the prime years of our life. We have been told that we must slave away at some corporate job working 50 to 60 hours a week minimum 
with the hopes that one day, possibly in our late 50s or 60s, that we will have made enough money and made enough smart decisions to retire and finally live the life of our dreams. I mean, this is what we've been told is the American dream, right? Work hard now, enjoy life later. Well, if you haven't figured it out, this dream is nothing more than a scam designed to steal the best years of your life. Let's bring it back to my all-time favorite movie, The Matrix. So in the movie, why was The Matrix created? Well, it was created to turn humans into batteries. The Matrix was a simulation created by intelligent machines whose intention was to keep human subjects alive by occupying their minds so that their energy or life force could be extracted. In other words, The Matrix was a distraction It was a lie fed to people so that their energy could be harvested for the sole benefit of the intelligent machines. In fact, without the energy of humans, the machines would cease to exist. Well, I've said it once and I'll say it again. The Matrix is not a movie. It is a documentary or actually it's a movie that uses fiction as a method for delivering truth. Because when you think about it, the same scenario is being played out in real life. That, that's why we have been sold the lie that is the American dream. Because the corporate machine, the elites, the people pulling the strings, well, they need our energy to keep their con game going. That's why we have been convinced that the only way to have a good life is to participate in the rat race and give the best years of our lives to the system with the promise of retirement in the final years of our life. Now, if you don't believe me it is a scam... Let me give you a few reasons to try to convince you otherwise. For starters, some of us may never make it that long. I know that's kind of morbid, but it's true. There is no guarantee that you will make it to a retirement age. That is just reality because none of us make it out of this game alive. In fact, believe it or not, it is good practice to remind yourself that one day you will die. Life is short and all of us have an extremely small window of time to make something happen. And if you continue to postpone your dreams and aspirations until some future date, you very well may run out of time. Always remember that the clock is ticking. Or if you are actually lucky enough to make it to retirement age, who's to say that you will even be healthy enough, mobile enough, or have your mental faculties in order to actually enjoy retirement? Again, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer, but just take a look around. Most people are so out of shape, depressed, and sickly that by the time they reach retirement age, they can barely move or function at a decent level. And not to mention, in the U.S., the retirement age keeps getting pushed back because of inflation and Social Security. According to Forbes, the average retirement age has gone up by approximately four years over the last 30 years, pushing the average retirement age up to 65. So now Americans are not only working longer hours per week, we are retiring much later too. Because of this sad and stark reality, the book's main message is that you need to start doing everything you can so that you can enjoy your life now. We should be chasing our dreams, pursuing our passions, and taking adventures now not later, because tomorrow is not guaranteed. All we have is the present moment, 
And if you are not striving to live your best life now, when will you? At 70? And that's why the story of the Mexican fisherman is so important because it puts all of this into context. So the story goes as follows. An American investment banker was taking a much-needed vacation in a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman docked. The boat had several large fresh fish in it. The investment banker was impressed by the quality of the fish and asked the Mexican how long it took to catch them. The Mexican replied, only a little while. The banker then asked why he didn't stay out longer and catch more fish. The Mexican fisherman replied he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman replied, I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take siesta with my wife, stroll into the village each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. Well, the investment banker scoffed. He said, I am, I am an Ivy League MBA, and I could help you. You could spend more time fishing and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. And with the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several boats until eventually you have a whole fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to the middleman, you could sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You could control the product, processing, and distribution. Then he added, of course you would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City where you could run your growing enterprise. The Mexican fisherman asked, but senor, how long will all this take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years. But then what? asked the Mexican. The American laughed and said, That's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company's stock to the public and become very rich. You could make millions. Millions, senor. Then what? To which the investment banker replied, Then you would retire. You could move to a small coastal fishing village where you could sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take siesta with your wife, stroll to the village in the evenings where you could sip wine and play guitar with your amigos. Okay, so that's the story of the Mexican fisherman. Did anything stand out to you while listening? Well, I don't know about you, but for me, the most striking thing was that the banker wanted the fisherman to pursue a life that provided that which he already had. In other words, The fisherman already had a great life. He was living in paradise. He worked just a few hours a day, which was enough to support his family. And he had plenty of time to not only hang out with his family. He also he also got to spend time having fun with his friends and pursuing hobbies. He was already living a life of retirement, so to speak. And who wouldn't want a life like that? The problem with most of us is we have been conditioned to think like the banker, believing that the key to a great life is working extremely hard during our prime years with the hopes of making lots of money, whether it's from owning a successful business or having a prestigious job title. 
Another thing about the story that was implied but not really mentioned was stress. See, the Mexican fisherman lived a life with very little stress. However, if he was able to do all the things the banker suggested, he would experience a lot of stress. I mean, sure, it's possible to create a fishing enterprise and sell it off for millions of dollars, but we all know that journey would not be easy at all, right? There would be lots of numerous problems along the way that would require really long days, many sleepless nights, and lots and lots of worrying and stressing about money, which begs the question, is all that extra money worth it? Well, as my man Biggie, the notorious B.I.G. said, mo money, mo problems. See, one thing I learned from owning a successful gym for seven years is that overhead is everything. Meaning that as your business grows, so do the bills. In other words, expanding your enterprise comes at a cost and that cost is you must also spend more money on employees, rent, utilities, supplies, insurance, taxes, etc., right? Nothing in business is free. Everything costs money. And trust me, there are a ton of businesses out there whose gross profits are high, but after paying off their overhead, their net profits are extremely small. Because of this, I can all but guarantee that just about every mom and pop business out there, no matter how successful they look from the outside, is barely making ends meet which is why every business owner you know is always overworked and overstressed. So, yeah, the Mexican fisherman was already living a good life. Why would he want to subject himself to 15 to 20 years of hard work and sleepless nights just to end right back up in the same place? Is it worth it? <clears throat> do, you think the fish, do you think the fisherman should take this deal? giving up his great life for the next 20 years just to have a few more dollars in his bank account? And keep in mind, before you answer that, keep in mind that the fisherman has children, a wife, and friends. 20 years later, his kids will all be grown up. His friends will have probably moved on. And hell, he might even get a divorce because of the many long days and nights required by his new lifestyle. And the truth is, That's what most people do. They sacrifice time with their friends and family under the nonsensical guise of working hard now so that they will be able to spend more quality time with them in the distant future. And to drive this point home, I want to tell you a true story about one of my neighbors. See, my neighbors, it was a, I had, my neighbors were a family of five. You had the husband, the wife, and three young boys. Actually, you could say they were a family of six because they also had a full-time nanny. This is because both parents worked so much that they didn't have time to take care of their own kids. The wife, or mom, was a highly successful businesswoman who traveled basically every week, often leaving early Monday morning and not returning back home until late Friday evening. And the dad spent nearly every waking hour caught up in numerous side projects and remodeling their house. Well, one beautiful summer's day about six years ago, my ex-wife and I were outside working in the yard when we saw the nanny and the young boys playing outside. They were all riding their bikes. Well, the youngest boy still had his training wheels on. 
At one point, the nanny called called to the young called to the youngest one and said, "It's time to take your training wheels off." So, with the help of his two older brothers, she took the training wheels off, strapped down his helmet, gave him a pet talk, and let him loose. And guess what happened? He started riding his bike. The nanny and the brothers all started cheering, and after going about 50 yards, the young boy jumped off his bike, ran over to the nanny, gave her a huge hug, and started high-fiving his brothers. It was a magical moment and a huge celebration. And this is because taking off the training wheels is tra- taking off the training wheels is a huge milestone in any child's life, especially boys. It represents freedom and growth. Not to mention, the removal of training wheels is a once-in-a-lifetime event, and both parents missed it. And both parents missed their son's huge accomplishment because they were too busy participating in the rat race. And now look, I want to be clear. I am passing no judgment. I don't think they are bad people because of this. And trust me, like I said, I am not one to judge. I have made many mistakes, and I've missed many opportunities and events over the course of my life. I'm just using this as an example and a lesson to remind you that we don't get time back. Once a moment passes, it's gone for good. Everything has a cost. We can always make more money, but we can never get our time back. We can never make more time. Likewise, and most importantly, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work hard or that you shouldn't make sacrifices. But this is where you need to start taking inventory on what it is that you want and what it is that is actually important to you. See, hard work is and will always be necessary for growth and development. But you must also know that it is possible to work hard for the wrong reasons. It's worth noting that hard work and sacrifice are necessary for growth and success. However, Working hard and making sacrifices doesn't guarantee growth or success. In other words, it's possible to point your energy in the wrong direction. Some sacrifices should and need to be made, and some sacrifices are just not worth it. Going back to the fisherman story, remember the banker did not say that the end goal was financial wealth. The end goal as pictured by the banker, was the ability to spend our time as we wish, with whom we wish to spend it, just as the fisherman was already doing. And that's just it, because the real value of money comes in the form of what it can be exchanged for. It's not the money itself. So the fisherman already had, a, had the life the banker was promoting. So in this case, the fisherman would have essentially sacrificed the next 20 years for nothing. I mean, to be fair, I can't really say it would be for nothing. If he was successful, he would have built a legacy. He would have made a lot of money, possibly even setting his family up for generational wealth. And he would have definitely had some interesting stories to tell. But the real question is, would those sacrifices and mismemories have been worth it? I guess at the end of the day, that is for you to decide. You need to decide which sacrifices are worth it and which ones are not. I mean, it's your life, right? You either take control of it or it will control you. Something always good to remember is if you don't build your dream, somebody else will hire you 
to help build theirs. And look, I get it, right? Not all of us live in a beautiful coastal Mexican village. And most of us don't have a picture-perfect life already in the works. I also understand that many of us are so trapped in the rat race that it is nearly impossible to unplug and escape anytime soon. But that doesn't mean that you can't start taking action now. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. So if you want to live the life of your dreams, you need to start putting energy into that direction. You need to start taking action to lower your overhead now. In addition, you need to start asking yourself questions like, what does my ideal life look like? Where do I want to live? How do I want to live? What hobbies and passions do I want to pursue? And once you start answering these questions, you you then have to start getting creative on how to achieve this ideal life. But one thing I've learned is that it's easier to obtain than you think. It just may look a little different than you imagined. For example, maybe you have to downsize a bit. Maybe you have to move to a smaller town. Maybe you have to move to another country. Maybe you have to get a roommate. Maybe you have to buy a plot of land with several other people. Maybe you have to drive a cheaper car. Maybe you have to stop partying. I don't know. This is for you to figure out. But where there's a will, there's a way. Just remember to stay patient as this won't happen overnight. However, if you start focusing on changing your life today, who knows where you could be in three to five years? Yeah, I know all of this sounds a bit complicated and maybe even a bit overwhelming, but what's the alternative? Stay in the rat race until you're 70 years old? I mean, the choice is yours. Either way, the time will pass. See you on the other side.